Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, a great joy to be here with you as the Lord brings us together at this hour, every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, 4 o'clock. And, of course, the program repeats uh, same days at 10 o'clock at night. I'm praying you're having a blessed, happy, and holy January 7th, 2020 already. I hope you had a great epiphany over the weekend. Yesterday, of course, traditionally uh, January 6th, the 12th day of Christmas, Big uh, holy day in in, uh, many European countries. I know in Italy, January 6th, it's probably a bigger celebration day than December 25th uh, in Italy. Um, So we're going to talk about that. The Holy Father over the weekend uh, gave beautiful homilies on the Epiphany and his Angelus message on Sunday about the uh, Magi and and, kind of share some thoughts on that as well. But before we do that, my friends, we are going to pray. So wherever you are. I uh, want to invite you to uh, join us in prayer. And, and again, congratulations to uh, Father Jason Parzinski and Coach John McKenna. You just heard their brand new program, Just Be You. That's going to air every Tuesday at uh, uh, 3.30 in the afternoon. We're going to repeat that program 9 o'clock on Saturday mornings as well. So uh, let's uh, thank God for the gift of uh, Father Jason and Coach McKenna, who stepped forward, came to me, and asked about doing a, a program uh, geared toward athletics and, and youth, and uh, so we're happy to do that. Uh, and also, all of your special prayer intentions. Of course, yesterday we had Bruce DeBacco here, as he's here on first and third Monday of the month uh, for his program, Come to the Throne, to pray with and for each other. Oh, we need so much prayer, my friends. You know, we need prayer uh, these days. Peace in the world. We see all the the, the, the rumblings of, of war and, and uh, all the things that are happening out there. There is a lot of evil in the world, and uh, we as disciples of Jesus Christ were called to go out into the world. You know, today's beautiful um, gospel, and we'll talk about that a little bit too, uh, the multiplications of the loaves and fish. Uh, so well, let's, let's just come together now, first of all, and raise our, our hearts and minds together as one to the heavenly throne, uh, still in this Christmas season, praying with and for each other, whatever your special intentions are, my friends. We invite you now to join us and begin as we begin all good things in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we're praying this prayer for the new year. We'll pray this through January. O sacred and adorable Trinity, hear our prayers on behalf of our Holy Father, the Pope, our bishops, our clergy, and for all that are in authority over us. Bless, we beseech thee, during the coming year, the whole Catholic Church convert heretics and unbelievers. Soften the hearts of sinners, so that they may return to thy friendship. Give prosperity to our country and peace among the nations of the world. Pour down thy blessings upon our friends, relatives, and acquaintances, and upon our enemies, if we have any. Assist the poor and the sick. Have pity on the souls of those whom this year 
has taken from us. And to thou be merciful, and to those during the coming year will be summoned before thy judgment seat. May all our actions be preceded by thy inspirations and carried on by thy assistance, so that all our prayers and works having been begun in thee may likewise be ended through thee. Amen. And we'll pray our prayer as Holy Father requested to St. Michael the Archangel and also the beautiful ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium prayer. Pope Francis asked all Catholics to pray these two prayers daily. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, I thank you, as always, for praying together. And, you know, uh, we had a wonderful response in the month of December throughout Advent and into Christmas. Uh, So many of you responding to our Christmas newsletter and returning your prayer requests to us with some very generous gifts. We appreciate that as well. You know, I was checking the tote board on our on our uh, our homepage, and, you know, we did set a goal of 75000 in December. We didn't quite reach it, but I found out today, you know, back in, in, uh, in um, December on Giving Tuesday, we— participated in that uh, particular day that uh, um, through Facebook who said they would match dollar for dollar every donation made uh, up to uh, what was it up, up to a hundred thousand dollars or something like that per apostolate or per nonprofit anyway um, we saw that we did raise five thousand dollars and I just got a little tally sheet from Facebook that indicated it was even more than that. It was a, it was a, a couple, almost $3,000 more than that, that that came in. So anyway, our total now uh, for December, uh, we we set a goal of 75000 and our total now is close to 69000 So we didn't quite make it yet. Uh, but um, well, we're so, we're so always just so much in awe of the enormous generosity of the domestic church media listeners and viewers. Of course, we're not on TV today, by the way, no cameras on today. Um, but so many of you who continually step forth and, and are so generous to us, I, I can't tell you how much this means to us and how important it is for us to know you're there, you're listening, you're participating, and most of all, my friends, that, uh, you know, as we can count on you to support the work, because without you, we can't be here. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I most especially throughout December uh, enjoyed and still do because the prayer requests still keep coming in. And please do have them keep coming in, um, getting your prayer requests and in listening and re- rather reading your prayer requests in our chapel of the Holy Family, praying before the tabernacle for each and every one of you and all of your prayer intentions. I did it throughout 
Advent and even during Christmas week, I was here, I was over here Christmas Eve, praying for all of your intentions. We had mass uh, last week as we began our new year together and we made all of your intentions, uh, the intention of the mass. Uh, it just means so much to us because we count on you in so many ways, but it, it really unites us in a special way when we can pray with and for each other. And as you heard yesterday, if you were tuned in at three o'clock when Bruce was here, so many prayer requests coming in. People using technology now, which is great. You know, people texting us their prayer requests, which is wonderful. All these different ways of getting prayer intentions to us. We want to pray for you. We do pray for you. We take your prayers into the chapel with us and pray for you there. And as we do every first and third Monday with Bruce Tobacco, we open, the, open up the uh, airwaves here, the, the uh, virtual uh, prayer tent, and invite you to participate that way. So it's so important. We are family. And as as we begin this new year, this uh, new year of 2020, you know, we, we're going to be uh, having our spring radiothon in uh, the first week in April. We're getting ready now for that, starting to plan that. Um, we had a gathering on Sunday. Uh, the board of directors, as we do each year, usually have a little Christmas gathering on the Feast of the Epiphany. And uh, I looked around that room uh, and all the wonderful people that the Lord has brought to me and to this apostolate through the years these wonderful holy men and women who for so many years now have stepped out in, in many ways, big ways, uh, through their participation, their time, their talent, and their treasure to make this apostolate what it is. Uh, and all of it, my friends, as you know, is for God's greater glory, nothing else. That's why we're here, to evangelize, to give God all greater glory. And as I looked around the room the other day uh, at one of our board members' homes, it's just I'm always just in awe of how much God does for us, how much he has done for us uh, throughout the years, and I pray will continue to do for us in the years to come. There's so much more work to be done. I was reading today's gospel uh, before the program, and of course it is the gospel of the multiplication of the loaves and fish, and I always think of how we began the work here at Domestic Church Media. You know, when the uh, Lord was teaching in, in today's gospel, and we're told that you know, there were 5,000 there, and it was getting late. And the apostles said to Jesus, you know, it's getting late. These people are going to need something to eat. Jesus said to them, basically, you give them something. And I always use that example of when we began the work here at Domestic Church Media, how in the beginning I would pray in my own personal prayer to the Lord would be, Lord, New Jersey, Pennsylvania needs Catholic radio. And he would always come back to me and say, you give them Catholic radio <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, put it back on us to do what we need to be doing. And I always share that story, and it's so true. But when you are faithful like that, the Lord will multiply what you give. He will be. He can't be outdone in generosity. And that that's proven to me every time we come to you, our dear family of listeners, and benefactors, when we say we need this, that, or the other thing, or we have to raise this amount of money, or we have a radiothon, you just step out in such an, an amazing way. So thank you to all of you. As we begin this new year together, uh, I'm praying that we can continue to build up the kingdom here on earth, to build up the church. As I've shared with you so often, uh, our responsibility here at Domestic Church Media is to proclaim the gospel to build up the kingdom, to build up the body of Christ. 
and I'm really feeling called to to for all of us to we're gonna we're gonna have our 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 differences, but we have to all understand that we're are we are Catholic because of Jesus Christ. We are in this church because of Jesus Christ. We're not here for any other reason. We're here because Christ founded this church upon the rock of Peter, and so we, as members of the church, as, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we need to work to build up the body of Christ here on earth, to build up the church. And I'm praying that domestic church media can, can do that and will do that uh, throughout this year. And I'm really feeling led in a special way to, to make that our theme this year of our Radiothon is to, to, that we are one body and that united in Christ, there's, there's such great power in that. And one of the devil's greatest tactics is to try to divide and conquer. If he can divide, he, he can weaken the body and he can conquer. Of course, we know the gates of hell will never prevail against our church. But we've seen, and I'm sure you have too, and it's very disheartening to see division within our church, to see Catholics at each other's throats, <laughs> so to speak. And we're not called to be that way. We're called to be united in Christ, in truth, to build it up, build up the church here on earth, to build up the body of Christ. And so when you come here, I'm praying that you come here as a haven of hope, a beacon of light. You can come and share in the joy of our faith and all that being Catholic is and all that it means and all that it brings with it, because that's why we're here, to proclaim that good news, to proclaim that joy that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so when I look around and I, I see all the, the many miracles that have occurred here at the Apostolate throughout the years, I'm thinking, I was thinking this on the way home from the post office earlier this afternoon, that this is the year 2020, and it was in November of 1995, so 25 years ago in November, that I began doing what I'm doing now. And that's a, that's a long time, a long time. But God has certainly looked favorably upon our efforts. And so I thank you, my friends. I just thank you for being here as we start our new year together and as we come together now each day at this time, at four, well, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, anyway, then 4 o'clock on Friday when Cheryl joins me. Um, that we can rejoice in the beauty of our faith. We can rejoice in being Catholic. We can rejoice. Uh, and in spite of all that the world, you know, is, is going through and all that all the world is, is offering, the worldly things and the worldly way of life, that we know there is a life way beyond where we are right now that is an eternal life, an eternal life with Almighty God. And that is why we were created to be with him forever in eternity. And we share that message. We bring that message out there. We share it with as many people as possible so that people know there is hope, that for as, as messed up as the world may seem these days and as confusing as it may be to many people, and there are people who, you know, we were talking about this, um, let's see, where was I talking about this to someone the other day? Oh, yes, Bruce and I were talking about it yesterday. <laughs> My days are kind of bleeding into the, one day into the next. But we were talking about the, and I've shared it with you, you know, every person, every, every individual is unique, and every individual created by God is a child of God, and every individual created by God has an innate desire for God. We all have it. Every, every human person 
by just by our nature has an innate desire for God. Now the problem that we see and the problem that many people face these days is people who don't know God, people who have rejected God, people who are lukewarm in, in their faith or don't know don't care to know much about God or Jesus. That desire is still there, but if they don't know God or they don't want to know God, that desire they still have and they try to fill it with other things and and things of the world. But you know, the things of the world cannot satisfy. It is only Christ who can satisfy. And so we wonder why uh, young people are, are, are getting themselves involved in all kinds of, of very dangerous activity and, and behaviors and even ideologies. And we look at our pews and we see only 15% of our Catholics attending Mass regularly. And the other 85% are out in the world somewhere. Oh, maybe we saw them at Christmas time. We may see them again at Easter time. <laughs> But with that desire, that strong desire that can only be satisfied by Christ, if people do not seek him and people don't know him and people don't go to him, they try to fill that yearning with something of the world. And this is kind of what we're going to talk about today because, you know, we just came off the beautiful Feast of the Epiphany. Let me first share with you some of our Holy Father's homily from yesterday. As I said yesterday, the Christ, January 6th, the official, not liturgical feast necessarily, but in, in Italy and in, in other European countries, the 6th of January is more of a grander celebration even than the 25th of December. So yesterday, Holy Father, Pope Francis, uh, during Mass for the Solemnity, uh, reflected on the meaning of adoration. We'll talk about this first. And then I'm going to share with you his Angelus message from Sunday about the Magi. And I've always been intrigued by a, a very special reflection that was written by Father Fernandez in, in conversation with God about that. And we'll talk a little bit about that as well. First, let's go to the Holy Father. This is from yesterday. Pope Francis said, Worship, adoration is the end and goal of the journey of the Magi, the focus of the solemnity of the Epiphany. Once we lose the sense of worship, the Holy Father said, we lose our direction in Christian life, which is a journey toward the Lord, not towards ourselves. The gospel, Pope Francis said, warns about the risks of those who are incapable of worship, from Herod, who used the word worship but only to deceive, We learn that when we do not worship God, we end up worshiping ourselves. The chief priests and scribes, likewise, are incapable of worship. Although they know about the prophecies and can quote them exactly, they are unable to go there themselves. In the Christian life, the Holy Father said, it's not enough to be knowledgeable unless we step out of ourselves, unless we encounter ourselves, I'm sorry, unless we encounter others and worship, we cannot know God. So listen to that. We cannot know God unless we step out of ourselves, unless we encounter others and and worship, we cannot know God. 
And the Holy Father prayed that at the start of this new year, we might discover anew the, that faith demands worship. Adoration, he said, means putting the Lord at the center, not ourselves. I remember, and many, many of you do as well, was within the first few months of his pontificate that Pope Francis called for a worldwide holy hour. Do you remember that? You don't hear a lot about it, but it was it was a worldwide holy hour. I remember sitting here in our chapel because we were broadcasting it, and uh, our dear friend Gary, who's been so uh, helpful to us here at the Apostolate, came by. So Gary and I were sitting in the chapel for the hour. We didn't have the Blessed Sacrament exposed, but we were sitting before the tabernacle where the Blessed Sacrament is reserved here at the chapel. And we prayed with the Holy Father. We were broadcasting the Holy Hour on the radio station. And he called the entire world to go before the Eucharistic Lord in adoration. You don't hear a lot about that. One of the first things he did within the first few months of his pontificate, I believe. Now, he was elected pope in um, March of 19—I'm sorry, 19—2013. And I believe this was September of that same year. But he was calling the entire world to go before the Lord in in Eucharistic adoration, to pray, to go before him, putting the Lord— the center of everything. And that's what he was saying yesterday. He explained that worship means making space for God's plan, realizing that we belong with God, and being able to speak to him freely and intimately. Worship, the Holy Father said. That means discovering that in order to pray, it is enough to say, my Lord and my God, and to allow ourselves to be pervaded by his tender love. When you stop to think about it, my brothers and sisters, and we've talked about this, the reality of the real, true, substantial presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. You know, we just came off this beautiful season where we have these uh, wonderful uh, images of the nativity scenes with the angels and the, the shepherds and the three kings all coming to worship and adore the newborn king little baby Jesus, the infant in swaddling clothes, placed in the manger. And the shepherds came down from the fields, and the uh, three kings came from afar, and people came to see the newborn king to worship and adore him, to bring him gifts, to pay him adoration, pay him homage. And every day we have the same opportunity to do just that with the same real living Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. Anytime you walk into an adoration chapel, anytime you walk into a Catholic church before the tabernacle, you're doing the same thing that the shepherds did when they rushed down from the hills to, after having heard the tidings of a great joy to go and see the wonderful thing that has happened. God's presence, Emmanuel, God with us in the manger. The same God with us, the same Emmanuel 
is present to us in the tabernacle, is present to us in the monstrance, is present to us on our tongue or in the palm of our hand as we receive Holy Communion. We need to really contemplate that. We really need to meditate on that. Your Holy Father is teaching yesterday that adoration means putting the Lord at the center, not ourselves, but the Lord. That worship means making space for God's plan. Realizing that we belong with God and being able to speak to him freely and intimately. And we have the opportunity at at every holy communion to consume him so he can consume us. We have the same opportunity every day in any Catholic church to go before the tabernacle to experience the same joy, to see the same Jesus that the shepherds ran to see after having been told by the angels of what had just occurred. And when we come back from our break, we'll take a break in a few minutes, we're going to talk about following the star that leads us to Christ, as the three kings did. Now, the Holy Father, concluding his... um, teaching yesterday, said that worship is an act of love that changes our lives. Although we have some idea of what it means to pray, the Holy Father said the church must go even further with the prayer of adoration. We have to grow in adoration. It is a wisdom that we must learn each day. And, you know, I I was mentioning to you earlier that we had the board of directors gathering, a little Christmas gathering at one of uh, our board members' homes on Sunday. And I was sharing with them that out of all the Catholic radio apostolates in the country, (laughs) and they are many, they're in the hundreds. They're in the hundreds. That we, having the Blessed Sacrament present in our building where I sit right now in this beautiful studio here in uh, the Sheen Center for Media Evangelization. 25, 30 feet away from me is our chapel where the Blessed Sacrament is reserved. Of all the other radio apostolates in the country, I think I was told by EWTN there's only one other that has the Blessed Sacrament near their building or near their studio. We're the only one that has it right here. What a gift from God that is, that we can go anytime here before the Eucharistic Lord in the tabernacle and worship and adore and pray. And I've said this often, you know, as I mentioned to you, we're coming up to our spring radiothon in April. Not, it's not that close. It's still a few months away, obviously. It's the first week in April. But about four or five years ago, as we began having the Radiothons, we arranged to have, during the entire Radiothon, the Blessed Sacrament exposed and having adorers in there praying for the success of the Radiothon. And every year that we've had the Radiothon is better than the previous year. (laughs) I know it's the power of the Lord. 
I know it's the power of prayer before the Blessed Sacrament that that happens, and we'll do the same thing again this year. Because it's not about us. Jesus is the center of this, not us. And we go to worship, we go to adore. We go to speak to him freely and intimately. We go to pray. And as Holy Father said yesterday, worship is an act of love that changes our lives. Although we have some idea of what it means to pray, the church must go even further with the prayer of adoration. We have to grow in adoration. It's a wisdom that we must learn each day, Pope Francis said. And he said, praying in adoration, we allow Jesus to heal and to change us, to transform us by his love, to enkindle light amid our darkness, to grant us strength and weakness and courage amid trials. And I, I, I know many of you who are listening right now can attest to that fact. I can. I know you can. I'll read it again because we take a break. Got to come back. I'm going to finish this when we come back. But the Holy Father said, by praying and adoration, we allow Jesus to heal and to change us, to transform us by his love, to kindle light amid our darkness, to grant us strength and weakness and courage amid trials. We'll take a break, come back, continue this, and also his teaching on the three kings. So stay where you are, my friends. More to come on Come to Me. People think that street evangelization involves yelling out of a bullhorn telling people that they're going to hell. Not so with St. Paul's Street Evangelization. Our methods are non-confrontational and effective. We simply offer information on the Catholic faith along with rosaries, miraculous medals, and prayer. Pope Francis wrote about how beautiful it is to see street preachers joyfully bringing Jesus to every corner of the earth. Street evangelization is fun and fruitful. Join us today at streetevangelization.com. I'm Cheryl. I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. Sixty Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Because God knows all things and because he is creator, it follows that every single thing in the world was made according to an idea or a pattern existing in the divine mind. Look round about you. 
you see a bridge, a statue, a painting, a building. Before any of these things began to be, they existed in the mind of the one who designed or planned them. In like manner, there is not a tree, a flower, a bird, an insect in the world that does not in some way correspond to an idea existing in the divine mind. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media? P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. Or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. From Bristol to Browns Mills. Shrewsbury to Solbury. Silverdale to Seagirt. Southampton to Seaside Heights. From Lawrenceville to Leonardo. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. All righty, welcome back on this January 7th, 2020. Already 2020. And uh, we're going to go back to the Holy Father's teaching from yesterday, the Feast of the Epiphany. That also was Angela's message from Sunday when he talked about, just like the Magi, our lives are changed by encountering Jesus. So we'll get to that in just a moment. Before we do that, I want to remind you, you know, uh, this time of year, January, February, things seem to slow down a bit, right? And uh, people looking for something to do. The weather is not very conducive to outdoor activity, although... I guess uh, we really can't complain about this January, can we? And this weekend is supposed to be in the 60s. So uh, you might find some outdoor activities this weekend. But, uh, you know, we look for things. And and we have a bulletin board on our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. You just click on the bulletin board link. And we do list uh, activities, events, things that are going on. And, and it's free. So I just put the call out there to anybody listening. Uh, if your parish, your school, your prayer group, your organization is having an event coming up over the next couple of months and you'd like people to come, uh, certainly go to our website and um, fill out the event form and we'll be happy to post it for you and maybe even announce it here on the program or on the Friday program. Uh, go to domesticchurchmedia.org, click on the bulletin board link and post it. Now, I know there's a lot of um, pro-life activities coming up. The March, I believe, is the 24th of this month. Um, I say it every year. If people, if you have buses and you're looking to fill those buses, let us know about it. Go to our website, fill out the uh, event form. We'll be happy to post that there. You get people do go there looking for things to do. And uh, as I said, if you have a, you're going to be running a bus down to Washington for the March this year, and you're looking for people to fill the bus, 
uh, let us know about it. We'll be happy to post it on our website. Just go to our, our, our uh, web, our community bulletin board page. Go to domesticchurchmedia.org. Click on the bulletin board link, and um, you can check it out that way. All right, so let's... Uh, let's <laughs> I'm chuckling because... Let's just move forward. <laughs> we'll go back to the Holy Father um, talking about this. Uh, by praying in adoration, the Holy Father said, we allow Jesus to heal and to change us, to transform us by his love, to kindle light amid our darkness, to grant us strength and weakness and courage amid trials. I was I was sharing with our board the other day. We were kind of all reminiscing. We've been together for a long time now. And there was a time back in 2006, you know, we initially, Cheryl and I used to bring in, again, he was always in good standing when we brought him in. Unfortunately, we don't know where he is now. We pray for him. Our dear friend uh, came uh, a number of years in a row, uh, Father Karapi, who had enormous impact and influence on the church uh, in the days that he was preaching. But we used to bring him in every year. We first started by bringing him to our parish over here in Pennsylvania in 1999. And the more popular he became, we, we had to go to larger venues. First it was our parish, then it was... Um, the Shrine of Chenstehove we brought him to, and then we went to this uh, school over in Warminster, Pennsylvania, Bucks County, Archbishop Wood High School. They have a beautiful theater there. And it was 2006, and we rented, uh, you know, to the theater there, uh, their their space for the summer event with Father Karapi. And about a month before the conference, I got a call from the um, head person over there at the school who handles the events and said, we have to cancel your event. I said, why? And he said, because they went into the auditorium, the theater. And I guess the school had been closed, you know, it was summertime and, and no one was using it. So the air conditioning wasn't on. And I guess they found some mold on some of the chairs and things. And they had, they couldn't have a public event with the mold. So they had to try to remediate it. They said, it's going to take a long time certainly more than four weeks or so we have to cancel your event. I said, well, you, you can't. I said, I have to have it. I, people are, have already you know, gotten tickets, and I'm sorry. So I said, okay, if, it's, uh, if you're able to remediate and the mold is gone by you know, in four weeks, please let me know. He said, okay, we, we have to cancel. So I said, all right, fine. So I went, I went right to the Adoration Chapel that I would go to often, and uh, I would uh, lay uh, prostrate on my face before the monstrance. And I said, Lord, I said, I know you're not going to let this happen. I'm not going to cancel it. I'm going to trust you that this mold will be gone and we'll have our conference. And we were getting closer and closer and closer to the actual date of the conference. And it was about two weeks before the conference. And the gentleman called me and says, Jim, I got to tell you, we were doing the cleanup, doing the remediation and for some reason, the mold went away quicker than we thought it would. <laughs> it's all gone, so we can have the conference. So uh, trusting in the Lord, going before him at adoration and prayer, uh, even as, as Holy Father said, you know, he, he, he kindled light in my darkness. He gave me strength in my weakness. He gave me courage amid my trials. And that happens to all of us, my brothers and sisters, and it's true. Holy Father said, worshiping God frees us from the slavery of the idols of today, which must not be worshiped. 
such as the god of money, the god of consumerism, the god of pleasure, the god of success, the god of self. Pope Francis said that worship means bending low before the Most High and discovering in his presence that life's greatness consists not in having, but in loving. You know, we talked a little bit about this last week on the program we did last uh, last Thursday, coming off of and into the Christmas season, and that spirit of love that exists during that beautiful time of year. I should say that this is still Christmas season, but especially within that those first eight days, you know, with the twenty fifth of December through the first of January, when they're you're in the octave of Christmas, that those eight days really is celebrated by the church as one long, big day. And it's a day of love because love entered into time, came to this world, took on flesh to become like us in all things. And, and that love just fills the celebration. And Holy Father said that, you know, the God's presence in our lives Discovering his presence is, is life's greatest uh, presence, life's greatest gift. Not having anything, things that we can accumulate in, in, in worldly ways, but loving. Because Christ gave us that great example of love. And first of all, coming to us as a little child, as a baby, and then giving his life for us, shedding his last drop of blood for us is love. Pope Francis said, many Christians pray, but they don't worship. It's up to us as a church to put into practice the words we prayed in today's psalm. All the peoples of the earth will worship you, O Lord. Only then, he said, will we too discover, like the Magi, the meaning of our journey. What all this is about, you know, we're here, we're Going through this life, we know that life as we know it in, in this world is going to end for each and every one of us at one point. It doesn't go on here. This is just the beginning of an eternal life. This is a life in exile because of the sin of our first parents. But we know that God did not create us for this. He created us for eternal life. And so then on Sunday, the Feast of the Epiphany, as celebrated by the Church liturgically, the Holy Father, during his Angelus message, spoke of the Magi whose lives were changed after encountering the baby Jesus. Pope Francis said, and he thought, rather, I'm sorry, addressed a special thought to the brethren of the Eastern churches, Catholic and Orthodox many of whom celebrated the Lord's Christmas on the 7th today. He said, we wish them, their communities, uh, the light and peace of Christ the Savior. Um, and during the angel's address, the Holy Father, drawing from the gospel of the day, dwelt on the three wise men. He, he described how after encountering the baby Jesus, lives were changed. Pope Francis said they saw a different king, a king who was not of this world, meek and humble, yet indicated in agreement by the stars and the Holy Scriptures. The Holy Father went on to explain that the encounter with Jesus does not hold back the Magi. On the contrary, it gives them a new impetus to return to their country, to tell what they saw and the joy they felt. 
as I alluded to earlier, there is a wonderful reflection in the series In Conversation with God. You've heard about that. I talk about it. Others have talked about it. Jeanette Williams and others have talked about it. In Conversation with God. Not Conversation with God. In Conversation with God. It's a series of reflections for each day of the liturgical year. And uh, it goes with the cycles, the, the, the reading cycles that we have in our church. It maybe cost maybe 100 bucks for the whole series, it's, but I got to tell you, well, well worth it. These reflections are so divinely inspired, you can tell the minute you read them that the, the, uh, the Holy Spirit took Father Fernandez, who's an Opus Dei priest who, who wrote these reflections, took his hand and literally wrote, wrote these reflections. They're just beautiful and impactful. And so often I have found in the many years that I've been reading them, there's something in them that applies to me that day. And then they're not just like one or two paragraphs. There are a few pages per day. That's why it's a five, I think a five volume set. Well worth it though. But one of the reflections in there that I remember reading many years ago, and I read it every uh, epiphany, is that the star that the three wise men saw that led them to the Christ child. Father Fernandez hypothesized that most likely more than just those three wise men received the grace to see the star. That most likely there were others who saw the star. God allowed them to see it, showed it to them, but chose not to follow for various reasons. It's a long, unknown journey. I have work to do here. I can't leave my family. All these reasons that these other men probably used as excuses to not go on the journey to follow that star, which eventually led them to Jesus Christ. And how many people do we know? How many times in our lives have we done that? How many times in our lives or people we know have denied ourselves an encounter with Jesus, being led there by God through some grace, some kind of star, whatever it might be, or how it may have manifested itself to us, but chose not to follow because it's too rough a journey. I have other things I have to get done first. I'm being asked to do something else that day. Whatever it might be. And I always use that as an example. And again, I remember now I'm saying that the, the, the Lord allowed the grace to see the star. And how do we respond to that grace when Almighty God gives us a grace that allows us to see something that will lead us to Christ. 
I, I use the example, and I sh- used to share this in my, you know, in the early days, I used to go around and, and just give talks. <laughs> we were kind of chuckling about that the other day. Michelle was reminding us how in the early days, I'd, I'd find somebody, I was saying we were driving up, I was sure I went to Mass at St. Magdalene's in Flemington Sunday, because she works there, and I went to Mass with her, and then from there we went to our our uh, domestic church media gathering, which is over in Monmouth County. So we had to go up Route 202, Route 22, and then on to 287. But as we're going from Route 22 and Route 206, I was pointing out diners along the way. I said to Cheryl, oh, I had a meeting there one time. Oh, I had a meeting there one time. Oh, I had a meeting there one time. In the early days, I'd meet with people in diners and wherever they would have me. And, you know, and I would tell them my vision, what I believed the Lord was calling me to, and I need people to come with me. The grace, the star, follow. If you want to come, help me. We were laughing about Father Groeschel in the early days. It was a big help to me. And I didn't know Father Groeschel that well, but I knew him and he knew me. And I remember he would call me. Jim, I thought of someone else you should call. He'd give me a name and a phone number. Tell them Father Benedict sent you. They'll help you. <laughs> the grace, the star, follow. And I look back at this now 17, 18 years ago. Following the star. Being given the grace by God to understand there's something special here follow it. The journey is not going to be easy. There will be trials. There will be obstacles. There will be difficulties. There will be setbacks. But I'll be with you. Follow. And we think of the three wise men. What they had to endure to get where they were going. Remember I told you, and I won't do a spoiler here, but uh, if you can find it somewhere, there's a wonderful film called The Fourth Wise Man with Martin Sheen. Whether you find it on Amazon or you can find it on one of your services there, Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime, wherever you find movies. Uh, it's called The Fourth Wise Man. It tells a story about the, the, what it says, the fourth wise man who encountered these difficulties along the way in following the star and never got to the manger but I won't spoil the end. <laughs> you should watch that film. It's a great film. But we all go through that. We're all given the grace by God to see a star in the course of our lives, and sometimes many stars, to follow. That will lead us to Christ. And when that grace comes to us, You know, God's never going to force us. He's never going to push us against our will to follow the stars that he allows to come into our lives. But he'll give us the grace to understand that if we want to encounter Jesus in a way like no other, follow. And I I use that example as when we began and how it began and the, the fruits of what has occurred in these many years now, the opportunities we have. And again, it's, I say it and I mean it, it, it is absolutely through no merit of my own or Cheryl's or anybody else. 
we, Cheryl and I, and all the wonderful people the Lord has brought to us throughout the years are responding to the grace and following the stars that the Lord puts in front of us. How many people right now listen to these radio broadcasts or listen to the podcast or listen to the stream or listen uh, on the Amazon or Echo devices or the Google devices or watch the videos? How many people's lives are being touched by God through the work we do because so many people along the way said yes to the grace and followed the star and encountered Christ in a way like no other. As I said before, all I have to do really in a very great blessing, I understand that, is walk about 25 feet from where I sit right now and I can be in the presence of the living God in the tabernacle. I first came and, and walked around this building in which I sit right now and it was empty and it was run down and it was basically just a transmitter site and it had, had been uninhabited for eight years. Whoever would have thought that here we are so many years later sitting in a beautiful studio in a beautiful building that has been through the generosity of so many and uh, it been refurbished and redone and, and by, again, uh, what I believe was a response to a prompting of the Holy Spirit when Bishop O'Connell, now it'll be seven years ago, said I could have the Blessed Sacrament here without me even asking. It's a grace. It's an encounter with Christ. And we have to go through our lives, my friends, with that understanding. You know, we can't go through this entire life ignoring those opportunities for encountering Jesus because there are other things to do better things to do, more important things to do, less challenging things to do. When those opportunities come our way and God gives us the grace and provides the opportunity to encounter Jesus in a special way, jump at the chance. Because as Holy Father said, you know, when we go before him in adoration, especially then, He brings light to our darkness, healing to our sickness, encouragement to our doubt. All these wonderful, comforting consolations that come our way from Christ himself. How many people listening right now are suffering for one reason or another, emotionally, physically, spiritually? Go to Jesus just like the wise men followed that star to that holy home in Nazareth, like the shepherds ran down the hills to see this great thing that the angel had told them about. They had an encounter like none other. And we too have those opportunities every day to go and encounter Jesus in adoration, in holy mass, holy communion. And all of our troubles... Look, the troubles may not go away, but you know what? We'll receive enormous grace to be able to bear them. I remember one time, many, many, many years ago, I was uh, just out of college and had no job, had no money. (laughs) I had a dollar in my wallet, and I sent it to, whether it was a mission order or something, and I sent just the dollar. And I explained, I said, please pray for me. I don't have any job. I just got graduated college. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no direction. 
and the fine priest wrote back and thanked me for my dollar and, and said that, you know, the, the, the rough seas may not end immediately, but the Lord will calm them eventually. Just stay close to Jesus. And that happens, my friends, when we make the effort to encounter him. He's there waiting for us. He's, he wants to walk with us through this life. There's so much that we go through day in and day out. But if we have Jesus, we have everything. And we have to be like those shepherds who ran to the stable, be like the Magi who followed the star to have the greatest encounter of their lives, encountering Jesus. Okay, I'll take a, not taking a break, gotta go. <laughs> gotta go, gotta go. Uh, stay tuned now for Cresta, followed by uh, Catholic Answers. I will be back tomorrow, God willing. I think in a recorded format. I have to record a little early in the day. I have an appointment in the afternoon. Uh, but I will be here, God willing. Have a great rest of your day, my friends. Thanks for being part of this program. Uh, my name is Jim Manfredonia. God bless you and God love you. Uh,